Hello. Oh. She can hot, ain't you? Whoa. Ain't your mama hot? <clears throat> it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. So, I so, am getting so, so hot. So sometimes people take out their staples <laughs> and before the show, and then they separate their papers. Oh, I'm sorry. And then they don't have so much paper flipping during the show, but don't lose your page. It's I separate. know who you were referring oh, look, to you know right what? now, Elijah. I actually put the numbers on the page. Damn, so. she done. No, Elijah's referring to me because last week I was flipping. And he was like, shut up. <laughs> this, is, this is Penny and Hazai. Hazai's like, <laughs> Penny's like this. Wait, you're Penny. Yes. Are you talking to I'm second all... person? Oh, wait, is that third or second? Penny's talking to third. I was all. <laughs> Elijah's all, shut up. Shut up. <clears throat> are we, we need like a Follies or whatever, bloopers. <laughs> 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 I don't know why that's in there, but I like it. <laughs> I feel personally attacked right now, producer John. In case you talk about Delmar Race Track or something, I got it ready. <laughs> oh, what can't up? breathe. I got a new a new <clears throat> rap name <throat> for my children. It's called Popsicle. <laughs> Has I? Are you going to say your name is Elijah this week? Oh, that'd yes. be so cute. Do it. Sure, do it. Do it. <laughs> so funny. So funny. No, I don't do it. It had to be natural. Make it natural. Okay, no. I'm saying my name's Hazai. <laughs> <laughs> no, my name's Hazai Kaim, right? Yeah. Kaim? Kayam. Kayam. Damn it. Kayam. No, it's Kayam Hazai. Kayam. Mm-hmm. Kayam Hazai. Okay, I, really, I really messed that one up. Kayam Hazai. <laughs> I should have probably done my staples in this one. Is okay. ready to rock and roll? Yes. <clears throat> Here we go. This program is sponsored by Biotech Holdings. Life and politics with Republican leanings. Welcome to Famila and Friends, the show that mutes the sound bites and noise pollution to bring you the discussions and informative interviews you want to hear. Hosted by nurse, published biochemical researcher, and former congressional candidate, Famila Ramos. Famila and her team of friends tell it like it is, and no topic is off the table. Get ready to cut through the clutter. Now here's your host of Famila and Friends, Famila Ramos, on The Answer San Diego. Good evening and welcome to another installment of Family and Friends. I'm Family Ramos coming to you from tiny San Diego over the course of a few of my very good friends, Kalina, Elijah, and Hazai. Hello, 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 friends. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, guys. My name is Hazai. No, it's not. It's Kalina. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Hazai. What up? This is Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, my friends. Welcome back. And also with the studio with us is um, working all his magic to get the show out to you is the one and the only producer, Todd. <gasps> yes, yeah, our magic man Toddy in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if any of the listeners have complaints or are ever offended, producer Todd will be here to listen, to hold your hand, to take down any of your comments. Just play. Just play. Email me at Noah at. Uh... <laughs> oh, shut up, shut up. I don't care, I don't care. Okay, hold on. Did you just try to do a Ricky Gervais? That wasn't a good impression. Oh, shut up, shut up. I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> I think you just offended some people. I mean, really, careful, family. You might be considered a racist for trying to impersonate a British man, okay? I've been called worse. <laughs> now you sound like the wicked west of the West. <laughs> What is it, Wicked, Wicked Witch of the West? Yes, and yeah. no, that's Pelosi. I'm going to get you <laughs> on my bike. All righty then, guys. I guess I just needed a little to get a laugh out considering everything that's going on. I mean, we had a false sense of reopening. It reminds me of when my mother used to sing this song to us as babies. She did the same for my kids. It goes, close open, close open. You know, we were developing our fine motor skills by closing and opening our hands. It's a Filipino thing. <laughs> You're in control of that one. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, cute, but that's what they are doing. They're closing, opening, closing, opening. I remember when they said we'd be back to normal by June, and now they're saying this might even go into the next year or two. Well, to whoever said that, you lied. Yeah, you lied. <laughs> you know what? Well, at least the zoo, the beaches, parks, some of the stores and outdoor dining are still open. We can thank all the writers for the increase in corona numbers. I have not even checked the numbers lately. Oh, mm. uh, people have time to do that. <laughs> well, like I said last week, it seems the same. 
You know, I know. I mean, the second closure affects gyms, indoor bar, or indoor, or indoor dining, bars, museums. You know, you wouldn't, you really wouldn't notice, um, especially if you're hunkered down at home, or unless you're one of the many business owners that this affects. Um, the Birch Aquarium was open for two whole days before it closed again. <laughs> I remember when we all went there, and I feel like they could be open because fish aren't catching corona, are they? <laughs> I hope not. It's you know. safe. <laughs> You know, a lot of the businesses like restaurants and gyms are trying to adjust by offering services outdoors, setting up in parking lots, parks, utilize, utilizing empty space. Unfortunately, they have to jump through these hoops to stay open and make a buck all because of some kind of manufactured virus developed to bring down the ruin of this country and the rise of communism. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine getting a cut in color outside of a salon? I mean, are you going to get hosed down with a garden hose? I've seen that today. <laughs> I will wow. offer up my services, guys. Pamela, I got yes, you. Yes, pink. Pink for me. <laughs> <laughs> and just the other day, my kids wanted to go to Wetzel Pretzel for, you know, a pretzel. I said, okay, whatever, that's easy. So I went to the closest one to where I live, which is Plaza Bonita, and I forgot indoor malls were closed, but Nordstrom Rack and Macy's were open, and I thought, wow, ridiculous. They can stay open, but the smaller stores can't? <laughs> Liberal logic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, if the mask and social distancing is working, as they claim, why is it a problem for them to reopen? Mm-hmm. You know, they work if you're using Gavin's mask from his billion-dollar deal with China. <laughs> but anyway, going back to my story, at this point, the little ones were having a meltdown, you know, crying over a pretzel. Seriously, you know, I ended up driving all the way to Fashion Valley. And when I got the pretzels, my daughter asked, can we eat these in the car? I want to go home and see if my friends are playing outside. So... I drove 30 minutes for a pretzel one way. <laughs> Hold on. For a pretzel? I mean, I hope you made it worth the trip. <laughs> yeah, I bought two and a large strawberry lemonade. Ooh, next time just buy the ones from the freezer and bake them yourself. <laughs> right? I need to simplify my life. So how was everyone's week hanging in there? It's like Groundhog's Day every day. Groundhog's Day. Isn't that February 2nd? Oh, I haven't. And then it's six weeks regardless <laughs> till spring. Well, that, that thing needs to see its shadow <laughs> that now. That's a weird thing. That me. Groundhog needs to my see its shadow. My weekend was great. Hung out at the beach, wrote in my book, whatever. You know, just had a good time. Good for you. I just stayed home for the most part, you know, just relaxed a little bit and get, got mm-hmm. some work done in my computer with my uh, channel, YouTube channel that I, you know, just opened. So nice. Awesome. What's your out. channel yeah. called? It's called Democracy. Oh, Not check it out, guys. <laughs> Democracy. Not crazy. Democracy. Okay, Democracy. Nice. <laughs> Democracy. Okay, so I was not nearly as productive as you guys. Um, I told my kids that we're doing, you know, homeschooling again in the fall because they announced mm-hmm. that. So my kids now hate me. They're blaming me. They think it's my choice. <laughs> oh my like, I don't want to be a teacher. I suck at this. I don't want to do this. I don't either. But they blame me. They think it's my choice and my fault. So that was fun. My kids oh, all hate me. I'm so Thank sorry you. to hear that. Yeah. You know, it's been so nice out. I, I really feel like taking a family trip somewhere, especially before my son packs it up. You know, and I'm thinking tropical. I, mean, I still can't believe he's leaving. Are you worried about him going away in the middle of this COVID nonsense? You know, I can lie and say no. But as a mother and knowing quite a few people that have contracted the disease, of course, I'm a little more apprehensive, right? Who wouldn't be? Yeah. You know, at the same time, I don't want him to miss out on, on this new chapter of his life. It's a really big step. And I trust the school knows what they're doing. At least they should, Kalamazoo. <laughs> You're on my my watch list <laughs> when it comes to protecting its students. I'm sure they have all the proper protocols in place. You know, I've talked to him about the precautions, importance of hygiene, taking supplements, getting enough sleep, eating right exercising for going to all night video games good luck <laughs> and of course i'm packing him a bunch of quadrimune you know i'm just saying not on my watch commie virus i mean <laughs> coronavirus not on my watch i get it that's your baby yeah your big baby <laughs> so he's covered you know i can hope and pray but before we get carried away with this conversation, I want to take a moment to tell you about the guests we have for tonight's show. We'll be hearing from two guests tonight. Our first is Christy Bruce Lane. She has multiple degrees from Cal Poly, enjoys serving her community, is a candidate for the Olenheim Municipal Water District, and is president and founder of the Thumbprint Foundation, a nonprofit that aids in the transitional process of homeless children impacted by childhood domestic violence, including human trafficking. And she's also organized the rescue of many children from domestic abuse situations. We'll hear more from her in our next segment, so stay tuned. That's phenomenal. Good for her. Mm-hmm. And our second guest is Oliver Petty. I remember Oliver. Awesome guy. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Um, uh, he's the CEO of um, Only Thoughts of Ownership, an organization that empowers children to take ownership and position themselves for, for success. He grew up in motels as one of 14 siblings to a single mother. He struggled hard and made a strong life for himself by going to undergraduate and graduate business studies, um, playing college football, working in corporate America, and subsequently giving back to the community by helping others get out of poverty. Um, Through his speeches, he encounters many kids and families and understands firsthand the impact of economics and emotional stresses on the family unit. What an inspiration. 
We definitely, we definitely need more role models like him. <clears throat> definitely. Child abuse is a tough subject, but I'm glad we have guests like these two that are willing to fight the good fight, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, this show is definitely not for the faint of heart. I mean, these are issues that need to be talked about. And you're right, Kalina. It's nice to know that there are people out there doing the right thing. You know, like I've always said, I'll, I'll always stand up for what I believe in and expose what's wrong and evil in today's society, whether it's the rise of the commie agenda, you know, um, abortion, sex trafficking, uh, domestic violence, including child abuse. You know, I remember someone even told me, um, that I shouldn't say how I feel about certain things because it would be offensive to people. You know, I'm, I'm just rolling my eyes right now. Okay, so she is definitely rolling her <laughs> eyes, guys. So hard, I think they may have fell on the floor. And are you kidding me? That's some nerve of these people. Like, mm-hmm. what? That's pretty pathetic. Right? I mean, everyone has a, um, a right to voice their own opinions or even point out the truth. I mean, especially if it's your own show. I think we need to start these conversations, the hard conversations. Also regarding abuse, I heard that the incidence of child abuse has gone up since this pandemic, and it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Just like sex trafficking, this virus is destroying families, our freedoms, and this country, Mm -hmm. you know? Look at it this way. It doesn't take a genius to understand. Kids are at home with stressed out parents trying to figure out how to survive. Not everyone has loving and nurturing homes. They have a potential to become violent at any time in these homes right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, unfortunate truth. Um, data from the county pointed out that there's uh, more than a 50% decrease in child abuse and neglect reporting. And according to the county, for the week of March 9 to 15, there were um, close to 1,900 call- calls. And a week after school closures, only about 863. Normally, this would be a good thing, but mandated reporters like teachers and uh, child care providers, they're not, they're not with these children anymore. You know, I remember when I was a nurse, um, there was a case where, uh, where I had to be a mandated reporter and thankfully it was just one time it's terrible to Mm. have to do that Um, imagine the would-be numbers of actual abuse going on um, at the home right now whether mental or physical and and like you said Elijah not every child is in a loving and nurturing home Um, they're with parents who are struggling who are even stressed out with um, with what's going on and it's definitely a a lot to handle it's a a lot to handle for me Um, and and here's a really sad statistic but keep in mind these numbers are pre-corona according to um, every child that matters and the US Department of Health and Human Services Five children die every day in America for abuse and neglect. Five. I mean, one is even too much. And now children in San Diego and L.A. won't be able to return to school. Forget about how bad the schools are. But for some kids, this is their safe haven away from their abusive home. They look forward to coming to school and escaping their abusers. You know, both districts were arguing that the infection rates were um, still skyrocketing and and there isn't enough money to continually test the students and staff for the virus. I mean, I don't see how the latter makes sense because some of these tests aren't even accurate. And yeah, a five-year-old is going to sit still for a test. You know, I used to perform the flu test in PEDS and it was brutal. I mean, I hated doing it. I heard this test was even worse. I heard it was the teachers' union who opposed the re- reopening of the school campuses. I wouldn't doubt it. They're always up to no good. Yeah, This could be a good time for homeschooling. You know, for some families, but not all. I mean, oh. it's not feasible for a lot of the working families. I found distance learning to be tough, especially since I have one in dual immersion Spanish. <laughs> well, kids need friends and socialization. When they're at home all the time, it makes them go crazy. Yeah, and it can make the parents go crazy <laughs> as well. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky my situation is different. Imagine having the pressures of trying to make an income in homeschool. And what if you were a single single parent? What then? Mm. Even with me, I had a huge support system when I needed it. My neighbors, my family, different tutors, which I now miss. It takes a village to raise children. It really does. Any kind of pressure, especially one that has been sustained for so long, is enough to create a good person. You know, I'm not saying that every parent who is stressed out will hurt their kid, but their likelihood is higher. You know, we even hear about it in the news now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't forget about the increase of alcohol usage. We know that can be another huge factor in abuse. It's tragic. These emotional experiences program the rest of someone's life. You mean they repeat the behavior? You know, not always, but they are more predisposed to repeating the same pattern like alcoholism. You know, Pop, I'm sorry, Pope John Paul II talked about the contagious nature of sin. He said, in many cases, we sin and through our sins, we make other sins. The sin of abuse, especially abuse of children or the abuse of parent in front of the children is one of the biggest sins because it embeds itself into the child's memory and consciousness for life. Sounds like PTSD. I think there's a fine line between abuse and discipline. Of course, there is. My parents disciplined me appropriately, and I never felt abused. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, mine too. But you can't do that these days, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But discipline shouldn't cause you to fear your parents or in some cases make you want to commit suicide. We definitely need to be aware, but also be sure that this is going on. I agree. I mean, we're almost ready for our first guest. We'll be back with Christy Bruce Lane. And for anyone who wants to report a suspected child abuse, the number to do that is 858-560-2191. The toll-free number is 1-800-344-6000. We'll be back. 
More of the discussions and informative interviews you want to hear is on the way with Famila and Friends on The Answer San Diego. We know this is only temporary. We know it can't go on like this forever. We have to keep focusing on the future and get through this thing day by day. But when it ends, the sun will come out. Jobs will start up again. The traffic jam we used to hate will come back. Thank God for cars. So many things we took for granted are going to be so special. We'll get through this because we have each other. And we have this radio station. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The Answer. Cameron John here. The fall semester is here, but there's a few of these half-off tuitions still left. So it's your last chance to get your student a private Christian education. Give them the very best education possible for half price with the K-Praise Half-Off Tuition Program. K-Praise family member Debbie was paying for her grandson's private Christian education. When they go to a private school, they're being taught about Jesus. They're coming home with Bible verses and good songs and happy things instead of coming home with some of the different things that they are going to learn in public school that you don't have any kind of control over. But paying for his Christian school was a challenge. And the Lord just kind of took over and they gave him this half-price tuition. Really, it's just a godsend. Her advice to the K-Praise family? Look into their half-price tuition. I'm just very happy with the whole program. Can you believe the fall semester is already here? Classes are filling up fast and registration will close soon. So go to kprz.com and see the list of half-off tuitions available right now. Then call us 844-800-5757 and secure your child's place now. That's 844-800-5757. 844-800-5757. No topic is off the table and these intellectuals tell it like it is. It's Family and Friends on The Answer San Diego. Now here's your host, nurse, published biochemical researcher, and former congressional candidate, Pamela Ramos. Welcome back to Family and Friends. Joining us is a community leader and businesswoman who runs the Thumbpit Project Foundation. She's organized the rescue of many children from domestic abuse situations. Welcome to the show, Christy Bruce Lane. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. Tell us how you're doing, considering what's going on. Oh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's been crazy as for most families, uh, but we're hanging in there and uh, mm-hmm. we're waiting this out and uh, waiting for the day to come where we can all just be back together as a community. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, so Christy, you have such a diverse background, two bachelor's degrees, agriculture, nutrition, working in many years, including biotechnology, businesses. You're very actively involved in the community service. And in fact, you're running for District 4 Water Board. How has your background and your life experiences led you to start the Thumbprint Project Foundation? Well, my educational background um, that is grounded in science and my professional work experience and my life experiences as well have all played a role in my decision to actually create the the foundation in addition uh, to run for elected office. Um, I have an internal passion to make an impact in our communities now and for our future generations. And I've kind of always been involved in youth. For example, I've been involved in the Academy of Business of Technology, where as a board member, uh, and I was the chairman of business partnerships. And what we did is we mentored at-risk youth at Claremont High School here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that absolutely solidified my decision to start this foundation in particular occurred on October 19, 2014. And that was the day my son Luke was born. Um, so given my own life experiences, coupled with being a mom, um, you know, I asked myself the question growing up, why me? What did I do wrong? And, um, you know, and now that I'm my mom and I hold my son, I, that question turned into how could somebody do this when a child is involved? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, and, you know, and, and for some through maturity, you realize that it's a simple answer um, that is somewhat frustrating because as a child, you're searching for something more satisfying than, you know, it's just a generational thing or your parents didn't know any better. Um, and that is why the one big, huge driver for awareness uh, in our foundation as it relates to childhood domestic violence is so critical. You know, it's about educating our parents, right. individual and other kids. Um, you know, what you do and say matters to a developing child and the thumbprinting or formation of neural pathways of a child's brain is a mm-hmm. factor in the way the child develops as far as behavior and outlook on life. So what we model today um, has great effect on not only our children, but future generations. Mm. That's great. great. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. It's Elijah here. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about how your foundation has been fortunate to attain such big names and sponsors, such as Ralph and, and Amazon? 
Yeah, so our business partners and sponsors play integral roles in our foundation as well as in our, our communities. And our partnerships are based on how they would serve the unmet need of the child in a direct and indirect way and how they would play a role in our effort to aid in the transitioning process. Um, although 100% of our proceeds and donations go directly to satisfying our current objective, and that is putting a full-time psychotherapist with EMDR training on board at the Door Hope, which is one of our partners. Wow. Um, um, you know, for example, California Coast Credit Union is one of our, our partners that you see on our website, and they offer financial literacy. So many times victims, the moms who um, flee from this domestic violence situation and end up at the Door Hope, they have no financial training. And, um, you know, you've got to realize that abuse just doesn't come in the form of physical or verbal, but financial abuse is huge. And so, you know, you have to realize that a large part of a healthy transition uh, for those women, which does affect their children, um, is learning how to do finances and survive out in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so that's important. We, you know, we have another partner, Cars Inc. And we have to, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to Kevin Watkins, who's the owner. So many times these women flee and they don't even have a car. So because of out of desperation, they buy a car that's unreliable and not mechanically sound only to break down a week later. And, you know, this car is used to get their children to appointments, back and forth to school. Um, so these partners like that that are, you know, already in our community and are, are important. But then we have like uh, other partners like Amazon that you mentioned and Ralph, who, you know, for people who want to support us, they can actually sign up our foundation to receive donations on every purchase they make through those websites. So um, they're just, they're really important uh, to supporting our, our foundation, but more important, it, it goes to supporting our community as well. That's fantastic. Mm, it is. Cool. This is Hazai. So on the website, you mentioned you use data-driven models to provide solution for victims of domestic violence. Can you talk about your approach <clears throat> to this problem and how is it different than other organizations? I particularly like the part where you mention that you allow kids to dream again. Maybe you can talk a little more you know, about this. Yeah. So what we all have to realize is that when kids are busy surviving, which these kids are, they can't dream. So right now we look at data in three different ways. And uh, for the first one, we look at data regarding how we, we support these kids, data on children with trauma, and then data on therapy. So utilizing data is a very key approach in our decision to support a particular kind of solution to these victims. Um, looking through a business lens, we are laser focused on what we support in regards to donation utilization. And our final decision, decision is driven by the question of the impact that it'll have on these victims. So when we talk about data-driven models, for example, even making the decision of having a goal or objective to put a full-time therapist on board requires some sort of analysis um, of what will be most impactful to the transitioning process of these children. Uh, we know that a child that has been exposed to domestic violence, either by a witness to it or direct victim themselves, we know the sooner we can get a therapist on board to address it, these children uh, will be better. So it really relates back to the science of forming neural pathways in an early age and how that makes a difference um, in the progression of these children uh, in their lives. Uh, we know that already the exposure to violence in the home negatively wires the child's brain, and in turn, these negative beliefs are encoded, and these beliefs will shape the child's feelings about him or himself and manifest in a child's behaviors. So, you know, we can talk about behaviors, you know, which is data, you know, statistically children who grow up with domestic violence are six times more likely to commit suicide, 50 times more likely to be addicted to drugs or alcohol, 70 times more likely to commit violent crime. And so now you're starting to see the link between home, our homeless crisis here in San Diego. When you think about these statistics, so many times, um, you know, I, and I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. You're driving and you see homeless individuals on the street here in San Diego. And, and you know, often you have to ask yourself, like, what happened mm -hmm. to yeah. these people? You know, and what happened in their life to lead them down this path? And for, you know, children of domestic violence, we have a real chance to be progressive and aggressive and catch it early so their lives don't go down that path and contribute more to our homeless crisis and our societal problems. Because um, it is high. The cost is high when that happens. Um, 
So when we look at other data, when we talk about uh, trauma um, and therapy, we know that data-driven therapy and the different models studied that therapists with the particular EMDR training, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing training is very effective. And so it's a relatively new integrative psychotherapy, but there's a lot of evidence-based uh, practice that's been shown to have an 80% success rate, and it's uh, both short-term and long-term. So we are different from other organizations in that we are a hand-up organization, organization mm-hmm. rather than a hand-out organization. And when kids are involved, low barrier or term high barrier are not determining factors, and we are also a non-paid board. So we, those are just some of the differences we 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 have as compared to other foundations. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So um, tell us about uh, the COVID nineteen and how uh, child domestic violence has um, increased. Mm. Yeah. So as we know, you know the stay at home orders have been somewhat challenging, and um, we all know that it was instituted as a protective measure, but it also brought about another deadly danger, and we sort of see. This is a shadow pandemic growing, and that is violence against women and children are affected by that. So um, these are this lockdown has caused, I would say, a lot of unforeseen consequences uh, that are coming out now. So as we, you know, we lengthen the time of the lockdown, we've seen lack of resources for victims. Um, we can't reach them anymore, more loss of jobs and increased strain. Um, both intimate partners uh, who are already under a lot of pressure um, and strained relationships suddenly find themselves around each other 24-7. You know, I can speak for myself, like, mm-hmm. I'm around my husband all the time, and I just need a break sometimes. But um, kidding aside, I mean, you know, the children are home all day now. They're going stir-crazy, and they can't go back to school, you know. And, Vanilla, I know you have children as well, so you, you may have experienced this. Yes. But it's for tough. those relationships who have uh, domestic violence as an undercurrent already, it intensifies. Um, so children are often caught in the crossfires we see, and their home is not always a safe place. Now, capturing the true impact of the statistics would be difficult um, because a lot of these cases go un- unreported. In fact, in San Diego, there was an anticipation of possible increased domestic violence, as DA Summer Stefan pointed out, mm-hmm. uh, but they actually saw a decrease in calls. Um, the voice of San Diego did a report, uh, and I believe it was called the Dark Explanations Behind the Drop in these calls, and it was done uh, late April. The San Diego Police Department saw a drop of domestic violence by 12%. Um, the Sheriff's Department saw a drop in 30%. And, um, but you can look across our nation, and you can see that actually they're increasing. For instance, Los Angeles and Indianapolis had reported spike in calls. Seattle reported a 21% increase, you know, places like Portland, a 27% increase, Boston, 22, so on and so forth. And this is not only across our nation, but across different countries, if you're tracking it. Uh, But what we do know is that service providers and resource centers, you know, who work with uh, those experience this intimate uh, partner violence say that they've seen um, something a little bit different noting, you know, increasing calls in volume and severity. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, service providers have actually deemed COVID itself has become a new way for abusers to control their victim, like withholding hand sanitizer. Can you uh, tell us what can listeners do to help you with your calls? That would be interesting. Yeah. We have a couple seconds left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot we can say. So you can help build awareness by talking about childhood domestic violence. And so that term becomes familiar, you know, in your family, be a good role model in, mm-hmm. in your relationships, create an equal and healthy relationship. You know, uh, it's just about building the awareness um, of what childhood domestic violence and how it affects the children. And of course, um, you know, donations for us is very important. And um, we those donations directly impact our children, you know, in regards to our objectives we set. We have a, an annual dinner coming up on March 19th in Rancho Santa Fe Inn. Mm-hmm. The public is welcome to come. You can purchase a ticket. All proceeds go directly to the children in getting that psychotherapist on board. So, oh, so it was rescheduled for next year? It has. So we originally had it this year in March, but we had to postpone it due to COVID. 
So we just got it rescheduled to March of next year. And that's oh. just giving a little bit more time for the virus, you know, to see what's going to happen with the virus and make sure we have safe conditions and a safe, you know, Perfect. environment for our attendees to come. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy Bruce Lane. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Of Alrighty. Bye. More of the discussions and informative interviews you want to hear is on the way with Famila and Friends on The Answer San Diego. Cameron John here. The fall semester is here, but there's a few of these half-off tuitions still left. So it's your last chance to get your student a private Christian education. Give them the very best education possible for half price with the K-Praise Half-Off Tuition Program. K-Praise family member Debbie was paying for her grandson's private Christian education. When they go to a private school, they're being taught about Jesus. They're coming home with Bible verses and good songs and happy things instead of coming home with some of the different things that they are going to learn in public school that you don't have any kind of control over. But paying for his Christian school was a challenge. And the Lord just kind of took over and they gave him this half-price tuition. Really, it's just a godsend. Her advice to the K-Praise family? Look into their half-price tuition. I'm just very happy with the whole program. Can you believe the fall semester is already here? Classes are filling up fast and registration will close soon. So go to kprz.com and see the list of half-off tuitions available right now. Then call us 844-800-5757 and secure your child's place now. That's 844-800-5757. 844-800-5757. No topic is off the table and these intellectuals tell it like it is. It's Famila and Friends on The Answer San Diego. Now here's your host, nurse, published biochemical researcher, and former congressional candidate, Pamela Ramos. Welcome back to Family and Friends. Um, Oliver Petty is a true rags to riches story, an inspiration to us all. Being the son of a single mother with 14 siblings, he bootstrapped himself out of the ghetto and into the corridors of academia, an internationally recognized motivational speaker with a contagious enthusiasm and a sense of making the world a better place. Welcome to the show, Oliver. Welcome. Welcome. Hello, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Of course. First off, tell us how you've been. Uh, um, all things considered, I've been great. Uh, of course, the uh, pandemic has put a, a hold on a lot of things, but other than the pandemic and having to stay inside most of the time, um, other than that, I've been great. My family's good. Everybody's healthy, so I can't complain. Good. Good. <laughs> Thanks for asking. How about yourself? Oh, we're, we're fantastic. Yeah. We're hanging in there. <laughs> Uh, That's I, wonderful. Uh, this is Hazai. Uh, quick question. So do you believe that some people are biologically, genetically predisposed towards violent and abusive tendencies? Or do you believe it has to do with upbringing? I think it's a combination of both. Um, you know, if you've grown up, you ever heard the saying like, oh, you, you know, you, you're just like your father or, you know, you, mm-hmm. you act just like this person, right? I think that we all have a level of some body in us uh and and some of their decision making some of their choices there's actually something i believe it's called don't quote me i believe it's pre uh post-traumatic slave syndrome um Mm -hmm. so when you look at slavery they say a lot of us uh, uh black people living in america um have some lasting effects of slavery that come out in us today some of the things that we have experienced, our ancestors experienced, live through us today and uh, come up in a traumatic way for us today. So I believe that um, it's probably a combination of both because when you grow up in certain environments and the things that mm-hmm. you experience, especially if you experience abuse or neglect and things in the household, that definitely impacts your life moving forward. And uh, some of them adopt those behaviors or some go to the extreme to stay far away from those behaviors. So I think it's a combination of both, if you ask me. Awesome. You know, um, tell us about your foundation and the work that you do. Uh, so first, I'm a public speaker and an author. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur and a mentor. So what we do is we go into school starting as early as third grade. We'll mm-hmm. go all the way through college, work with everybody from the superintendent mm-hmm. down to the youth, as well as your campus security and the parents of the district. So nice. we train I appreciate it. We train uh, teachers and principals uh, how to work with children with adverse experiences, how to um, uh, create and develop culture and climate within your district. And then also with the students, we do a speaking tour titled the It's Okay to Dream Tour, and which we, as I said, we start as early as third grade and we do about an hour and a half keynote presentation assembly that's comprehensive, full of 
uh, sound, sight, light, uh, my story, and then we navigate them of how to go from extreme poverty or extreme adverse experiences to how to create success for yourself, regardless of your upbringing or current circumstances. That's great. That's awesome. So is there a biological uh-huh. component, or do you believe that with the advent of modern-day gene identification that we're close to providing like an abuse risk score? I mean, there are polymorphisms that predict predisposition to aggression and predisposition towards alcoholism. Do you think mm-hmm. that we're close to providing such a genetic scoring system? Uh, I think that they may already have something. Maybe they just haven't released it to the public. But mm, Good point. Um, <laughs> what I'd say is if you look at studies like ACE score, Adverse Childhood Experience Study, where it talks about all of the the things that uh, a youth has experienced in an adult, in a, into an adulthood, you see some of their actions and behaviors based off of the experiences that they've had, mm-hmm. as well as what the parent has gone through uh, lends to that childhood, that child's experience. So I believe that um, I believe that they may already have something uh, in the works that they haven't released to us. But most definitely, did I answer that question? Yeah, that completely? was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you here. It's Elijah. Uh, mental health is believed to be a continuum with people displaying a wide variety of behavioral from mildly abnormal to severely pathological. At what point in this continuum do you feel the state should uh, intervene? And uh, can you give me that one more time? You broke out just at the last there, the okay. last bit of that. So at what point really do you think the state should intervene? Uh, with children suffering from mildly abnormal or severely pathological issues? At what, at what state do I believe that the state should intervene? Yes. Um, at what, what point do we believe the state should intervene? That's a good question. Um, uh, during childhood, you're asking, correct? Yes. Or at least during well, the I, period when you're working with the children. Uh, I, I believe that if um, if there is a, I don't want to use the word investigation, but if there is a um, review that's done and um, there's been um, chances for that child or that youth to go through um, some sort of system, some sort of process to improve and you don't see improvement over a period of time, then at that point, I think... Um, uh, it should escalate maybe to the state or to the next level. But uh, I believe that there should be a process in which that happens. It shouldn't go from, um, well, this is the diagnosis, so now we go straight to the state. Mm. You know, I want to go back to your story. Um, tell us, who, who, were your, who were your inspirations growing up? <laughs> um, so growing up, uh, I listened to a lot of music, and I always talk about it. If you look on my website, one of the first quotes other than my own is Tupac Shakur. So, you know, he talks about, um, you know, he, he's not guaranteeing that he, he will change the world, but you know, he will spark the brain and change in the world. And, um, you know, growing up in the areas and environments that I came from, when you look around and you don't see too much going on that's positive, when you hear somebody saying that, you know, Marvin Gaye used to sing to me, he had me feeling like black was the thing to be. Those things made me proud to be who I am and where I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, other artists like, you know, Little Wayne, he taught me work ethic and how to, um, push through and come from environments, but rise to the top of your uh, respective career by work ethic and drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye West, individuals like that, showed me imagination and how important it is to dream in color and believe in self. Uh, you know, DMX taught me how to use my aggression and my pain and and use that as a motivation to you know come from my environment. So. I listened to a lot of music, and that was my outlet um, mm-hmm. most of the time growing up. And, of course, sports, guys like Allen Iverson, uh, individuals like that that I watched and um, just wanted to model my life after. I had braids. I wanted to get tattoos. So some of those individuals were some of my biggest inspirations, as well as some of my football coaches. So do you take that inspiration, and that's what you're giving to the kids now? Because I feel like 1, that's what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. 1,000%. So um, I needed a role model. I needed, or, or a real model, I would say. I needed someone to look at. Yeah. And um, what what individuals did for me was they gave me an example. They gave me a, uh, uh, a reference point. This mm-hmm. is what I could accomplish. 
so um, now when I show up, I show up and I look like them or I look like me. That's amazing. And I speak with a certain vernacular. So um, hopefully, you know, I and my team, we are providing um, those examples now. You're meeting them where they are. Mm -hmm. What do you think the uh, biggest thing that you should know in today's environment? Good question. That That I should know? No, the, the youth or the, uh, the oh, message youth. that they should know or a message you would like to give to the youth? I think uh, the biggest thing that they should always take, and it's something that I say in every speech, is the power of your imagination and the power of you and your faith. When I say faith, I always talk about I don't believe, I'm not speaking on your religion or the God that your parents talk to you about. That's between you and them. Mm-hmm. I say faith that there's some higher power that placed you here. And you're here for a specific reason and a specific purpose, right? Not only do you have to have faith and belief in that, but you got to have faith and belief in the uh, reflection that you see staring back at you in the mirror. That's Those beautiful. two belief factors are the individuals or the, or the entities that could create whatever it is that you want to see and take you from wherever you currently are. So do you show up in jeans and a T-shirt or do you show up in a suit and a tie? <laughs> I show up. <laughs> it just depends on what the situation yeah. calls for. Typically... Typically, I'm in jeans, chucks, mm, some nice kicks uh, with a T-shirt, um, uh, maybe a blue bandana. There we go. That's what the kids like. <laughs> it's a swagger. But it's true. That's what the kids relate right. to nowadays. Yeah. They're not going to hear yeah. it from and some guy trust, in a suit. Yeah. They trust that. Uh, more, yeah. I think. It's a swagger. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, studies show that the victims, uh, victims of abuse often become abuser. Is there any way to stop the vicious uh, cycle? I believe that's through um, relationship. Mm. We teach in education that relationship is foundation, foundational to learning. Mm-hmm. And that's a quote that I got from Dr. Nikki Elliott um, from the University of Laverne. Uh, we believe that relationship is the way, right? Um, y'all don't know if you go back to the Bible and its earliest story, you talk about Adam had everything, dominion over everything, but needed something or someone to connect to. And that's where you get Eve, right? So relationship, that connection and positive experiences, I believe, change and develop and cultivate positive experiences with relate to positive behavior. Um, there's a quote by Dr. Uh, John Hope Bryant who talks mm-hmm. about it takes 5% of positive role models to stabilize any community. So through positive relationships and positive influences from a, um, a trusted adult or a trusted friend, I believe is the way to counteract, excuse me, those experiences and those actions. Mm-hmm. Nice. So the current trend towards treating children like adults, the idea of explaining to children and not punishing them, you know, the whole snowflake <laughs> philosophy, has that been beneficial for the kids or has it been bad? What do you think? Well, I think we won't be able to see the true effects on it until, uh, you know, some years down the road, just like maybe the crack epidemic. We weren't able to see the effects of that for years and yeah. years to come. Um, or even the way that we were uh, raised, right? We weren't able to see until we became adults and seen how it was. Now we're looking, you know, there's something that I love when people say, well, my mom, you know, she raised me like this and I turned out okay. And it's like, <laughs> 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 you know, it. One of the questions and one of the things you always I like to say back is that doesn't mean that it was right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it was the best way. That's just the way that they or she or he did. Right. So now I believe that explaining, having discussion, developing their minds and challenging children is important. Um, but as far as how we know, I mean, we won't know until the until the future. But if you look at that A score, there's traumatic experiences that happen that have shortened um or has hindered some growth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I think it's time that we continue to try this new way and see, you know. I got a quick question for you. Sorry to interrupt you. Hey, this is Elijah. Um, You and I being brothers, what's some words of wisdoms that we could say to the young children? Because we actually need to protect ourselves out here in different ways. So is it jurisprudence? Is it law? Or what should we do? We got a couple seconds, Uh, Oliver. uh, I think that we should let children know that they're power. You're king, you're a queen. Where you come from is some royal. Um, so you should learn your laws. You should learn the, the Miranda rights. You should learn what the codes are. Right? Um, and then you stand on that. And you stand firm on what you believe in. And whatever happens from there, you, you rather die on your, you know, you rather die on your feet than live on your knees. 
Thank you so much for being a guest, Oliver Petty. Thank you. Thank you. For those inspirational words.、Oh, Thank you so much. You we'll ask sports questions on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all have a good one now. You too. More of the discussions and informative interviews you want to hear is on the way with Famila and Friends on The Answer San Diego. Cameron John here. The fall semester is here, but there's a few of these half off tuitions still left. So it's your last chance to get your student a private Christian education. Give them the very best education possible for half price with the K Praise Half Off Tuition Program. K Praise family member Debbie was paying for her grandson's private Christian education. When they go to a private school, they're being taught about Jesus. They're coming home with Bible verses and good songs and happy things instead of coming home with some of the different things that they are going to learn in public school that you don't have any kind of control over. But paying for his Christian school was a challenge. And the Lord Kind of took over, and they gave him this half-price tuition. Really, it's just a godsend. For advice to the K Praise family, look into their half-price tuition. I'm just very happy with the whole program. Can you believe the fall semester is already here? Classes are filling up fast, and registration will close soon. So go to kprz.com and see the list of half-off tuitions available right now. Then call us eight four four eight zero zero five seven five seven and secure your child's place now. That's eight four four eight zero zero five seven five seven eight four four eight zero zero five seven five seven. No topic is off the table, and these intellectuals tell it like it is. It's Famila and Friends on the Answer San Diego. Now here's your host, nurse, published biochemical researcher, and former congressional candidate, Famila Ramos. And that was the zombie apocalypse brought to you by the CCP. <laughs> Don't、Please、you mean zombie、that. by the cranberry? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> One of my favorite songs. Anyway, you're listening to Famila and Friends on the Answer San Diego. You know, and、um, you know, I get through these times right now by laughing, right? <laughs> Even if it's at myself. <laughs> you know, laughter is, after all, you know, strong medicine. And guess what? If you laugh for ten to fifteen minutes a day, you can burn up to forty calories. I think we're already doing that, but I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're at it, some of the physical health benefits of laughing are that it boosts immunity, lowers stress hormones, decreases pain, relaxes your muscles, and prevents heart disease. Mentally, laughter adds joy and zest to your life,、um, eases anxiety and ten- tension, relieves stress, and improves mood and strengthens resilience.、Mm-hmm. You know, I can't stress the importance of laughing. Yeah. So does anyone have a joke? Ooh, mine are inappropriate. Nope. Has I? No joke? No. Producer Todd, any jokes? Lisa Rope walks into a bar and the bartender says, We can't serve ropes around here. So he walks out of the bar, ties himself up in a pretzel, combs his hair out, walks in. The guy says, Didn't I tell you we don't serve ropes here? And he says, No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> yeah. Do you、what? have one, Pamela?、Uh, yeah, I do. What are the nine most terrifying words in the English language? Oh, what? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> we're getting our laugher size on.、Um, we're, we're like, what, into the fourth, fifth month of this month? Right? Something like that. I don't know.、Um, like you said earlier, Kalina,、um, we're all supposed to be back to normal by now. It's crazy what a manufactured little virus can do, especially right before an election.、Mm-hmm. I mean, think back to March. Did you think that this virus was capable of causing such damage? 
I mean, Elijah, what do you think? I didn't think. But right now, my concern is really the children, you know, because I mean? mm -hmm. as adults, we can, you know, we can still drink. We can still kind of hang <laughs> out. We can do our things, whatever we do. But they can't even go to the park. They can't even hit the slide. Yeah. Uh, they got to wear a mask. And now they got to go back to school and uh, do some different challenges, I guess. Hazai? I think it, it pretty much, uh, you know, damaged the economy. You know, that's the most important mm -hmm. thing. But... Um, uh, I think we're going to go get through it, but um, um, for the most part, we are doing what we can do. We have to live with it, you know? Right. There's no, no solution right now. There's no vaccines. So we have to live with it. We have yeah. to learn living. Exactly. So I remember back in March when this first started, me and you were sitting in your car and I asked you how bad this was going to be. And you warned me that it was going to be bad, but you didn't say it was going to go on this long. So I'm kind of mad at you, Pamela. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't know either. You know, back in March when the two week quarantine was announced, I was actually excited. I thought I get to stay home with the kids and make up for the missed time because I was so busy during the campaign. Um, they didn't have to go to school. We slept in, we baked, we watched movies, we played games, and then we did arts and crafts. I didn't think it was that bad. And then the shutdown was extended and I'm like, oh, wow. And then, and then I remembered something else, something strange, and I'll get to that soon. Okay, that's not fair. The suspense is killing me. <laughs> it all will reveal itself. Come. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so with that, we're ready to wind down. So go ahead and grab yourselves a glass of warm milk or a hottie toddy. Dear Diary, it all started with a strange infection from a land far, far away, oceans away. Um, now it's been about four months since this whole insanity began, and we're still no better off than when it started. Just think about the toll this pandemic has taken on the family unit, on our cities, and on, on our country. It makes me wonder who and what is behind the evil forces working to destroy our country and our life as we know it by taking our faith and our freedoms. First, um, is it really a coincidence that the laboratory in Wuhan started manufacturing supercharged coronaviruses with enhanced pathogenicity, which is a property causing disease, to humans, and why in Wuhan? But better yet, why was this research even performed as a collaboration between the NIH and the Chinese? This paper was published in Nature Medicine, Volume 21, Number 12, December 2015. Take note of that. And if you weren't aware, Dr. Anthony Fauci is part of the NIH and his friend Bill Gates collaborates with them as well. These two Nazis want every American to not only get immunized by the um, coronavirus vaccine, but to be tracked as well. Gates is the same man forcing African children to be guinea pigs for experimental and unproven medication. So then the question arises, what is the purpose of creating a supercharged virus? For a minute, let's talk about HIV. There are many conspiracy theories that the virus was man-made. Back then, in the early 90s, our ability to look at the composition of viruses was limited. On the way to the radio show, we passed by the company Illumina. As a testimony to um, American ingenuity, Illumina combined the science of microchips with the biology of DNA to be able to read the composition of a virus in seconds, which took days when compared to um, dated technology. Using these new technologies, we specific we know specifically that the vi what the virus looks like, how it mutates, and how fast it mutates. Scientists have discovered that the coronavirus plaguing the world today appears to have similarities with the virus in the published paper from Nature. So going back to the above research, the bat virus in this study was genetically altered to bind to the same ACE2 protein that the SARS-CoV-2 uses. To clarify, ACE2 is present in many cell types and tissues, including the lungs, heart, and epithelial cells which line certain tissues and create protective barriers. When SARS-CoV-2 binds to ACE2, it causes injury to the lungs and heart as seen in COVID-19 patients. Ba now, back in November during the campaign trial, I met with a famous San Diego biotech scientist who wanted to discuss science and policy. He wasn't specific, but I took the meeting anyway. He asked if I heard about the new SARS virus infection in China. Of course, at the time, I didn't. But my scientific consultant, who was with me, knew what he was talking about. This scientist just got back from China and told us that there was an outbreak of a virus in the same city that the publication I mentioned above originated from. Uh, the publication released five years ago in which the scientists had engineered the bat virus to infect mice and people is now the same virus that reportedly killed people in Wuhan and is now the same virus we are under the mercy of. Mm -hmm. And I was told that in November. So this virus then starts to spread like wildfire, which causes the whole economy to shut down globally. Hysteria follows as well as mistrust with the way our government is handling the pandemic. It's been pointed out that the timing of this virus came out immediately after the impeachment proceedings were exposed as a fraud, making me wonder if Trump was impeached, would this virus still be here? 
<laughs> but wait, there's more. After we see a decrease <laughs> in infections as a result of lockdowns, riots began after the fueling of racial injustice. Rioters were giving motivation and means to destroy businesses, especially minority-owned businesses. Go figure. Why were these people allowed to riot and cause destruction while others were arrested for fighting for their freedoms, including their right to wor worship God? At the same time, why were the big chains allowed to remain open while the smaller stores forced to close, causing many of them to shut down for good? If masks and social distancing work, then why are we law-abiding citizens imprisoned in our own homes while criminals, especially sex offenders, are set free? There are so many contradictions and so many coincidences that point out to an orchestrated manipulation. As I talked about in the past, the economically disadvantaged people with nothing to lose, no income and no purpose for a living has sadly been manipulated by globalists like George Soros to destroy the fabric of this country. Who are America's greatest enemies? People like Soros and the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. These are evil people with an evil agenda. The CCP even said the capitalists will sell to us the rope with which we hang them with. These people persecute their own, harvesting organs from their prisoners. I mean, it's a fact that the government... Uh, if a government official needs a heart, they source it from their prisoners. Even more atrocious, they take organs from Chinese Christians. The saying in China is that life is cheap. Mm. And don't be fooled. Just because China appears to have a capitalist economy doesn't mean that the government is not composed of bloodthirsty communist pigs. And these are the people with the help of the globalists who are trying to cause the fall of America and give rise to a communist society in our own country. And to think, this started with an engineered virus in China. You know, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> While we're on the talking about conspiracy theories, would any of you like to share any? I don't uh, know too much about conspiracy theories, but what about the control mechanisms that they're planning to use on us and use the virus as an excuse? Okay. Remember after 9-11 when everyone was in a state of panic? I mean, a justified state of panic. How the government secretly passed the Patriot Act. I don't think the Patriot Act was so patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a paragraph to be able to spy on us in some cases without a warrant, right? And, and in some cases, throw you in jail and lose the key. Well, they should be doing that to Antifa. Yeah, they should. Yeah. Yeah, this, this may just be the beginning in response to the widespread uh, virus. The government may want to start implementing digital control of us in the name of contact tracing. I feel like they already have access to our phones and they already listen to us. Mm -hmm. What about forced vaccinations? Well, if the flu vaccine doesn't work, why do you think the coronavirus <laughs> vaccine won't work? Did you guys know that the family of the coronavirus belongs to, called the coronavirus family, actually infected pigs? Mm -hmm. And chickens? You mean they have pigs with coronavirus? <laughs> no, they used to, but they get vaccinated, and if they're vaccinated against the pig coronavirus, they definitely must have some uh, progress in developing ones for humans, right? I mean, too bad there's no vaccine against evil. There is a vaccine, and that vaccine is a vaccine that works against everything. That vaccine is prayer. Okay, good point. Let's yes. pray to for God to deliver us from out of these trying times. Remember, God challenges people, but he doesn't give us more than what we can handle. Um, God can save humanity if humanity turns to God. He can shorten our trials and tribulations if we turn to him. The problem is that we don't always turn to God, we turn away from him. I mean, it's no secret that people are turning to spiritualism, such as Buddhism, which is a form of paganism and other things like uh, drugs, substances, and demonic activities instead of seeking God um, during these t troubling times, which they should be. So with this um, in mind, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear God, we know that um, you do not test people with more than they can handle, but we also know that those who have continued faith in you will be rewarded. Please give us the strength and perseverance you gave to your servant Job. Job, who was the richest man of his la land and lost everything, yet he did not abandon his faith in you. And even when he was living on the streets, stricken with disease and seen as an abomination by his former friends and family, he still cried out your name. He cried out, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken. Please um, praise be the Lord. In the same way, God, we beseech thee, have mercy on us and on the whole world who is suffering at the hands of the plague. Please shorten the days of our suffering. Grant courage and knowledge to our scientists to cure this disease. Grant wisdom to our politicians to stop worshiping money and influence, but instead to start doing the work of your holiness and grant strength to the parents to love and protect their children and to resist the temptations of the evil one. Um, we ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Are you the prayer or are you praying? <laughs> so what do you guys think is the worst evil right now man me i just think that evil is just something old it's something we use then as an excuse again uh it's been around for a long time and we're starting to see a lot more evils now because we don't got nothing to do we stuck at home 
The biggest evil right now is the hate, you know, when people are hating each other. This is a evil, you know. Mm-hmm. People are not united. We need to be united to counter any any kind of pandemic, anything. We have to be united. So, in order to be united, I mean in order to defeat evil, we have to be united. That's yeah. true. Beautiful. I'm going to have to go with what our guest spoke about this week, you know, the abuse on the children and the women and the innocent. I think that is our biggest evil right now. It is. It is, an, and it's a tragedy. Yeah. So we have we have these evils right now. We have you know um, something that is not unifying us. Yeah. Something uh, that is, um, yeah. child abuse, sex abuse. Yeah. And then what? It's too much. Yeah. And then what Elijah says that uh, evil already it is already here, exists. and we're just but we're just bored. Yeah. <laughs> People are getting <laughs> bored. Yeah. And, and coming up with all these conspiracy Nothing theories. Nothing to watch. <laughs> As opposed to coming up with great things. I think uh, like sports center showing people just chasing pigs. <laughs> Not real sports. Well, <laughs> so oh, that about does it for tonight, guys. Remember, no topic is off the table. This is Family Rama signing out. Good night and God bless. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Family and Friends. Hey, like us if you like us. You better like us. Thank you for joining us for the discussions and informative interviews you want to hear on Famila and Friends. To learn more about Famila Ramos, how to be a guest or sponsor on the show, visit FamilaandFriends.com. Tune in at this same time every week for more Famila and Friends on The Answer San Diego.